Cards are getting a little bit ugly out there. Give them, give them all a cookie and make them settle down. In front of me right now is a um, toy cowbell. And when I say toy cowbell, I mean, it's not as if the cowbell doesn't work. It is just a cowbell that is apparently to be used as a toy. Uh, it makes just as much noise as a cowbell. And for the sake of your ears and your car speakers and your headphones, I'm not going to set it off. Yeah. Um, you'll be happy to hear that before we started recording, it was sitting in front of Evan. <laughs> and I, It's for hot takes. I promptly took it away. It's, uh, it's a Home Depot cowbell. And so Home Depot, if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> we were we would love to have a Home Depot hot take section of the podcast. Yeah, that's as much as I'll do. <laughs> Welcome to the Winged Wheel podcast. Uh, we live in some kind of hellscape where we're just surrounded by uh, children's toys that are designed to make noise. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. Evan. I'm Evan. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> I decided today I would work on uh, my... My pauses? My dramatic pauses? No, that does not... <laughs> Depends how long he goes. How long do you have to dramatic pause before before someone either shakes their phone or punches their dashboard in the car? I was going to say, that's for, that's for... We have about 150 of you a week who watch on YouTube, and all the rest of you watch on... Uh, watch, watch with your ears. And so um, dramatic pauses don't do too well for radio. Hey, nice haircut. You got a haircut, right? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy. Uh, this week's episode of the podcast, we have... Uh, well, Detroit, actually, promptly after, uh, Brad, we answered the uh, overtime question about whether there were any uh, college free agents that we could expect to be signed, and we said no. Uh, uh, of major significance. Yeah. Detroit signed two uh, college free agents. We'll talk about that. Um, Detroit's playoffs hopes playoff hopes unfortunately died and we will dive into how that happened um spoiler it's because they're bad uh, there was a 12-hour controversy in in toronto and um the draft lottery has been announced so we're going to be doing some tankathon talk uh before heading into overtime uh kind of a loosey-goosey week but i don't know i feel like i'm sitting there instead of talking about the red wings being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs can we just talk about nfl for agency instead how is how are the cleveland browns going to win a super bowl before the detroit lions that team is unreal. How did they? How did they get? They were still what six and ten last year. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Baker Mayfield started playing far too late in the season. It was like game three. Far too late in the season. <laughs> hey, remember when everybody crapped on the Bills for getting Tyrod Taylor, getting rid of Tyrod Taylor because he was so good, and the Bills were just misusing him. <clears throat> you know what? I would love to say vindication. I would love to say that. Um, you were right, and I was wrong, but I can't even remember what my take was on that. My take usually is anti-Brad, and so... So I'm very pro-Buffalo Bills free agency, so how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, they did lose a huge uh, member of their team when Antonio Brown left for... It was a magical <laughs> run. Oakland Raiders. Walk us through what that felt like for you as a Bills fan when you thought Antonio Brown was coming. It was elation. Josh Allen was finally because people don't understand. Like everybody knows, the Bills' receiving core last year was bad. Mm-hmm. We're talking Detroit Red Wings levels of defense, bad. Like Josh Allen might as well have been just throwing to a literal cat. There was there was nothing other than Robert Foster for the last few games. So that got my hopes up. That being said, we didn't have to give up any assets, and then the Bills signed two pretty good receivers, so I'm happy. I'm good. It all worked out in the end. Oh, man. 
Detroit, I did like Detroit's free agency. Um, yeah, you guys went all in on Trey Flowers, eh? Yeah, uh, and you know, there was a lot of people worried about the numbers, the money, or that they were the ones setting this new high accelerated market. But you know what? They got one of the best players um, at probably the second most important position in football. I'm not mad if they overpay by a mill or two. That's what free agency is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Bob Quinn's plan will slowly come to fruition, and all of our pain will be relieved or we'll watch the cleveland browns win first and honestly at this point i don't hate it i kind of love that team well you think of their running back group kareem hunt and uh nick chubb that's <laughs> ma- yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yes hunt, getting a little chubb. excited over there ryan uh-huh there there's a joke about hunting chubb in here somewhere that i'm just not going to attempt to make no yeah that's uh <laughs> that's for greater minds or lesser <laughs> you nailed that one evan yes yeah, so that's all i know about at the nfl <laughs> Let's get into hockey. Uh, Detroit, Do we have to? Yo, we have to. We have uh, some some serious news in that Detroit for the third consecutive. Is it three seasons now? Mm-hmm. Three seasons since the, the streak ended. Wow. For the third consecutive season to literally zero people's surprise, uh, the Detroit Red Wings have been mathematically eliminated from uh, Stanley Cup playoff contention. For what it's worth, the second team to hold that candle right now ottawa beat them by three days yep um and we're going to be talking about other teams tanking efficiency later it's very annoying uh so that you know it was to be expected i don't think anyone could be surprised i know it hurts a little bit just to see it officially but it's just the reality of it the good news is it's going to happen again next year (laughs) (laughs) and for all of those for all of you who are saying don't count them out it could happen yeah you're right it could but if I had to bet money, <laughs> I can think of four teams that are better than them in the Atlantic. Yeah. Four, just four. Mm, you know, I will host an argument for five. <laughs> I would say anybody but Ottawa. <laughs> I meant next year. Next year, I I would bet anybody but Ottawa. <laughs> How would Evan do as a debate moderator? Um, moderator or competitor? Uh, moderator. Competitor. Okay. He would. He would win purely out of frustrating his opponents. I would actually do research. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you, that's a, that's the type you seem like, Evan. <laughs> the man who doesn't take off his coat, so he's always ready to leave. I am extremely cold right now. <laughs> it's probably because I'm now sick. Uh, the Red Wings started off uh, the, the newsworthy parts of this week by signing two college free agents uh, pretty soon, one after the other. Uh, Ryan Kuffner from uh, Kuffner Kuffner. Let's go with Kuffner. I hope Kuffner. Sounds too much like Kushner. Uh, Ryan Kuffner from uh, Princeton. You went with Kushner instead of Duffner. Yeah. Do you know who Duffner is? No. Okay. He's a Never. golfer. He's a golfer. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Moving, moving on. <laughs> he doesn't. Sorry. He kind of looks, but doesn't look like a golfer. Sorry. I I read the news more than I follow golf sports, and that's not meant to be a dig. That's genuinely genuinely why that. This is oh. why you're such a miserable person. Yes. Oh, I talk about it all the time. Don't read the news. It's bad for you. <laughs> Seriously, if you guys are out there being well informed and reading, no, don't do it. It's really bad for you. The world is horrifying. Just live in your little echo chamber. It's much better. Uh, and then Detroit also signed uh, left winger from MSU. Yep. Michigan for 60 jokes incoming. We're sorry for starting that train. But he's Canadian. Uh, uh, Taro Hirose. Hirose? That's a fun name. Yeah. Taro Hirose. So the uh, their Michigan per 60 went up. He is Canadian. He's from, it's escaping me. Calgary, I believe. Yes, I believe. Is it Calgary or is it Vancouver? I know he's from out west somewhere. Yeah, I want to say Calgary. Do not quote me on that. Uh, so let's talk about and these two from the Ottawa area. So these were two uh, two players 
who have been producing pretty well at the college level. Yes. Now, before we get into who they are as players, we have to establish one thing. These guys are college free agents and in both their cases are a month or two older than Dylan Larkin. Okay, so don't expect these guys to suddenly become players. They are not anymore. Yeah. These guys are older than the best player in the franchise at the these, moment. They're, both of them are college seniors, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the higher ceiling guy first, Hiroshi. Mm-hmm. Played at Michigan State, led the entire NCAA in scoring, and I want to say was second or third in points per game. He's tiny. He's like 5'9", buck sixty, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, for the record, I talk with no screens in front of me as we do this. You're not bad so far. He's a small, left-handed, very smart winger. His skill level is not elite. Do not mistake that. A lot of his success in the NCAA, same with Kuffner, is because they've spent many years in the NCAA and they've just progressed further than everybody below them, which is not a bad thing. It's to be expected, but also... I do not expect either of these guys to come into Detroit and steal a top six role anytime soon. Could it happen? Sure. Um, my best case scenario for both of them is productive third or fourth line wingers, which is great. You still need those. Uh, Hiroshi, I have more optimism because of his skill set. They both have high hockey IQ, which is tough to find, and that is the one thing that can translate. But again, they're college free agents. They very rarely pan out. Remember... Danny DeKaiser, he might be one of the biggest success stories of a college free agent that panned out in the NHL in the last 10 years. There's not many. Remember Dan Renuff? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yes, but also no, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you you hope for the best and whatever. The big benefit of college free agents. Okay? And people literally argued with me on Twitter when I said like, "Hey, look who the Red Wings signed." And they're like, "But why? College free agents are free." Okay? All you have to give up is a contract and a roster spot in Detroit or Grand Rapids. They do not cost you a draft pick. They do not cost you a trade asset. You give up nothing. You get these guys for free. If Detroit wanted to go out and sign every single college free agent for a million dollars right now, it's not a bad thing. I mean, that's probably excessive, but <laughs> yeah. that's excessive. That'd be you, great. Your Grand Rapids is an NCAA team next year then, but yeah, there is there is no cost. It's like walking through a casino. You walk past the roulette table and they're like, hey, buddy, you want to spin on us? And you're like, no, thank you. I, I cannot dedicate that five minutes of my life. Yeah, it's the equivalent of just that five minutes as you're walking past to get somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Detroit can very easily put these guys in the minors, and it's good because they've been exposed to some pretty high uh, level of hockey for four years now. Uh, they're a little bit older, so the jump to the AHL wouldn't hurt them. Um, at this point, they will get looks for the last um, four-ish weeks of the season. Yeah, apparently they're going to be up with Detroit for the whole time, which that did catch me off guard. Like, good on the Red Wings for being proactive, but I was not expecting that. Yeah, essentially, like, once Dina goes um, and they'll find room for... Um, they'll find room for one more, although with the injuries, it shouldn't be too hard. Oh, no. If we have to send N down or scratch Della Rose, I'm devastated. Yeah. The... It is... It was really surprising. It's not some earth-shattering move. If it didn't happen, it wouldn't have been anything to even write an article about. But it is really surprising to see them say, oh, yeah, we're just going to give them a look. We want them to know what the NHL is like because we want them to try to compete for roster spots in camp uh, come next uh, late summer, early fall. Um, And that doesn't mean that they're likely to make it. Probably not going to make it. I would bet good money on them spending all of next season in Grand Rapids. But, but hey, it's an experiment. It's fun. It's free. Uh, Detroit or Grand Rapids is 
going to lose some players to uh, Detroit next year regardless, and they need to fill that team as well. So, yeah, it was uh, – they're interesting signings. Like Brad said, like Ryan Kuffner's not known as a high uh, level of talent guy. Um, high hockey IQ with a really good shot is basically the simple way to describe Kuffner. Yeah, and then Hiroshi is a little bit – has a little bit more – of a wild card ceiling could be something a little bit bigger, but again, it's nothing to nothing to write home about. But still, Kuffner's got the skill set that could translate into a traditional fourth line role if it goes that way. Because he's six one, he's an all right skater, good shot, smart hockey player. Hiroshi doesn't have that option unless Detroit finally adapts to the modern NHL and decides decides to have four scoring lines. Mm-hmm. Then Hiroshi might get in on the fourth line. If not. I wouldn't bet on it. He's middle six or bust. Yeah. Um, well, he's fast. He's got good hands. And like you said, good hockey IQ on both of them. Yeah. Um, great thing. And gen- like not even being sarcastic here, as I'm you know, prone to being too often, uh, it's a good thing that he's from MSU. They know the guy. They've been exposed to him. They have a good scouting profile on him. And he attended the Red Wings rookie development camp last year. Yeah. So he's he's been he's familiar with the organization and vice versa. Um, and uh, Ryan Kaufman is from Princeton, so future head of Department of Player Safety, right there. Ha! George Peros joke. Is he? Did he? Was he Princeton or Harvard? Harvard I can't remember. George Peros Education. Instead Bet. of saying school. Didn't Ron Hainsey go Princeton. to Princeton? Princeton. Ron Hainsey went to, went to Princeton? He does um, something with the PA, I think. Oh. You know he's what? part of the the CBA negotiations, I think. He's part of the whole CBA. Ron Hainsey went to University of Massachusetts, oh. Lowell. Lowell? Lowell? Nah. Lowell. Lowell. So, Lowell. we'd love to talk about those guys forever, but... That's pretty much the crux of the issue. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Don't look for any more exposure or excitement than you get from like when De La Rose or N came up, which isn't a bad thing. But no, uh, that's that's just uh, what they Th- are. This is a free throw at a dartboard, and hey, let's hope for the best, but expect nothing. Thrilling stuff. <laughs> that's it's it's true. But on the plus side, it does actually give us a reason to watch the earnings for the next few weeks once the Dina goes down. Legitimately, yes. just to see how they do. What does he have? One game left, Zadina? Yeah, Thursday should be his last, and then he's gone. So happy they've been playing with Franz Nielsen and Thomas Vanek. Oh, can we talk about that? Can oh, I? Get, I am so over the Thomas Vanek experiment. Yeah. Uh, just Thomas Vanek, captain. I'm gonna get the puck behind the net and blindly throw it in front because one out of every ten times it will actually hit a Red Wing, and I'll and he'll look like a genius. I'm it, over it. And then they'll do a slow mo play, and every you know Mick will draw a line and say, "This is what you learned from 14 years of NHL hockey," and it's just a simple like blindly throw the puck into traffic and hope it goes through it's not actually slow motion that's just (laughs) what vanek looks like so the thing about zadina is this guy is doing so well he gets the puck and you can tell he's trying really hard but it's not that trying really hard where he's trying to do too much he is creating space he is moving the play around and he's faster and he's smarter than the guys who are trying to defend against him typically so he's genuinely created like driving the play and creating space but the thing about creating space is you have to find have teammates that will find that space and go to it and make oh, opportunities. He's ready for an applicator experiment. Oh my goodness! I've seen him more than once now move around, move around, enter the offensive zone on his own after having to find his own lane and create it. Um, he gets in there. There's literally nothing else to do. He still manages to ring the puck around the boards, 
and I watched Franz Nielsen just watch it go past, and then Thomas Vanek is in front of the net and just turns. Nothing makes me less excited than Franz Nielsen. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like a wet Dorito. <laughs> and then Vanek kind of just sticks his stick out and goes, eh. <laughs> And when the Vanek goes, snipes or does something absurd, it's amazing. But that is so few and far between be, at this point in his career. Because you got to U.S. airmail the puck to him first. No, because what Thomas Vanek does, and I've been watching this more and more all year, and I don't know if it's just becoming more prevalent or I've just noticed it more, is he tries this fancy shit every time he touches the puck, but it only works 5 to 10% of the time. But when it works, it looks amazing. It's like... Wow, a behind-the-back pass from behind the net to the guy who's coming in the other direction. He tries that shit ten times a game, like but, nine the, league. <laughs> but nine of the other times it misses. But there's no replay for that because it just goes into space or the other team for a breakout. It's awful. And then there's Franz Nielsen, who objectively is the polar opposite of Anik. He doesn't really do anything poorly. He just doesn't really do anything. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, is that the... like. These nine games, he's had enough of an audition where we've seen that he's been good, but he's probably probably been pretty handcuffed by the fact that these are his consistent line mates. I would argue his game has re- not argue. I have watched his game regress over the last three or four games of his call because what he's doing now, and you can see the to the exact point you were making earlier, he's now trying to do way too much with the puck. He'll get the offensive zone, see a one on three, and think, yeah, I can get through there. Spoiler: This is the NHL. He can't. He's also been on the second power play with the, what, Doritos? Uh, yeah, with uh, Justin Abdelkader, uh, Franz Nielsen, uh, Thomas Vanek is on his unit. It's and the, it's funny. It build, it's like a museum exhibit. So you, the funny thing, too, is I went back and I was watching um, a longer clip of his first NHL goal because it was on the power play. I'm like, how did that happen with this unit? And then I noticed... When he scored that goal, he wasn't out there with his unit. No, he wasn't. Half of half of the unit went for a change, but him and Hirone, uh so Heronic and a couple other guys came on, and Zadina and one other guy stayed on. So Zadina was essentially with the first unit when he scored it. <laughs> I'm like, right, good players, give him help because you can see the biggest problem for Zadina has not been his problem. Nobody can get him the puck in space when he breaks out or when he's in the offensive zone. They do not have a player capable playing with him who's getting the puck and I don't I know they don't generally match up defensemen with certain units but in the game against Montreal I was ready to throw something through the TV because the disproportionate amount of time Philip Zadina was on the ice the same time as Luke Witkowski <laughs> oh boy and I would argue Luke Witkowski played his best game as a Red Wing that game against Montreal he was noticeable and didn't do anything too like he didn't really make too many mistakes but he can't do anything dynamic with the puck and he's not a puck mover and he's just kind of there it's it's infuriating. It's like, so he's dealing with the wet Dorito, the, we'll just call Thomas Vanek spray and pray, <laughs> and then Witkowski. I don't even care who the other guy is on the ice because they're essentially playing two on five a lot of shifts now. I know Nielsen's like, he, sometimes he's actually pretty, you know, relevant on the ice. Like he, he knows how to be effective and he's still a good hockey player. Uh, debatable trending downwards heavily but all in all like he's had points this season where you're like oh yeah you know what can't rag on Nielsen for that that was a good game he's still a smart player and a good puck mover he just can't really do anything else anymore but he has been god awful lately I watched what game was it where he he tried a uh, a one-timer basically or he basically took a slap shot on a puck that was coming back to him on a rebound and like it was like as if I 
It was as if you turned your blade 45 degrees the wrong way and just kind of chopped underneath it and it flutters over your stick. Oh, a pitching wedge. Yeah, pretty much. And then, Don't say those words right now, Brad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Evan's withdrawals. I have to watch I'm, the golf. I'm itching. Evan's not here anymore. It's just cartoon dust where he used to be. It's a soundboard. <laughs> the, or he fired one so far high into the right from the net. I'm wondering if he wasn't just trying to shoot it out of play because he was tired. Like Nielsen was terrible and has been for a little. Like it's really, really weird. I'm wondering if he's playing hurt. Or he's just gassed, like he doesn't have the legs for a long season anymore. Is age an injury? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it to me. And I'm only 25. It's certainly a resistance. Yeah. He doesn't uh, He doesn't deal with that injury well. He deals with that injury about as, as, as well as I deal with a cold. <laughs> Which, for those of you who have been listening for a long time, is not very well. You can select any random episode of the podcast, and I'm probably sick. Although, I think I've had a better year than you two. You got decimated. By, only, by the plague. Only once, though. But I've not been sick this entire winter. You, you, you're allergic to. I thought you said I'm you were allergic, sick today. I'm allergic to everything. Yeah. But I got the flu shot, and I have not been sick once. Yeah, I got the. Flu yeah, shot I got too. the flu shot. I got the flu. I didn't. Look at I that. Didn't. My lymph node under the armpit that I got the injection. The arm, it the the lymph nodes was I completely think that happens, swollen. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Does that happen? I think so. Either that or you Happened have cancer. You might want to get that looked at. Well, I mean, that went away like after like four days, but it really hurt. Yeah, well. I think it was just the response, you know, medical stuff. The uh, the Red Wings have <laughs> a tough schedule coming up. They got Tampa Bay on Thursday, which is... Uh, Again? Yeah. No. Didn't the Red... I saw a stat. It wasn't Red Wings have the second hardest final 10 games or Correct. something. Correct. Yeah, they uh, every game started when you're Tampa the Bay's, Red Wings. <laughs> Tampa Bay now holds the record for most consecutive wins against the Detroit Red Wings in NHL history. It's or fourteen. There is no way it stops. Oh, you know full well it's going to. We're gonna win one game, one nothing against Tampa. Detroit's gonna win. Sense. Senators, Kings, and the Devils are all gonna lose, and we'll all be sad. So they got Tampa Bay on uh, Thursday and the Islanders on Saturday, both at home. Oof. So that's going to be uh, an interesting couple of games. Thank um, God we got tickets to the game against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. That's a small respite, but then we also know how that one's going to go. Well, right hey, now we're going to see Darlene. We do. Who's having a phenomenal season? Remember when I was ups- Remember when I was offended? Someone offered me uh, Darlene for Sergachev at the start of the fantasy year. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, Sergachev has like three goals. Sergachev's a weird player. What happened? He got scratched a lot of the season. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, Tamp- Tampa Bay fans. Tell he's us. guilty of being Russian on defense. Well, he's, from what I've read, pretty defensively irresponsible, which is a poor thing to be if you're a defenseman. <laughs> Let me tell I, you. What, who, I don't know who his partner was. This May year. I present to you Mike Green. Mm, right. Who I've always been an advocate for the Red Wings to resign. <laughs> I digress. It's okay, though. If you score 37 goals in a season, you can you can uh, make some defensive lapses. But, Ryan, the Red Wings record with and without Green. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. But that month of November and December is what changed everything. So here's what uh, I figured out. I was doing some thought into that because that was it wasn't just a small sample size. That was a pretty big sample size on either side of the ledger where I'm like, there's got to be something to that. What is Green actually bringing? Then I realized it has something. It has absolutely nothing to do with Mike Green. It means when Mike Green's out of the lineup, either Luke Witkowski or Jonathan Erickson draws into the lineup. Mm. And, and other that people prob- have to play more minutes. That's why. So the... Um, 
the rest of the season has the Rangers, the Blues, Vegas, oh, San Jose, Buffalo, New Jersey, which... Okay, New Jersey, you can't be this late to the tank game and then all of a sudden you be don't right get to have mix. Taylor Hall and suck. No, that he's was been, Edmonton's job. Hasn't he been out since December though? Is yeah, he he's been out. out. Oh, yeah, he's, he's been, been out, out for a while. He'll, he's done for the year. He had surgery just recently. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, did he? I think yeah, he had knee surgery. I think it was. Well, so. there you go, New Jersey. Is he a, he must still be on someone's fantasy roster then. Probably. Oh, hey, cool. let's talk about fantasy. Oof. Fantasy hockey. Mm-hmm. I was. I've been just the classic fantasy hockey culprit of. Trying at the beginning of the season and just completely falling off. You're like the March Madness person I hate. I made it as what the eighth seed. Yeah, the eighth? I think all the high Wait, seeds. Wait, our lost. playoffs started. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I think all the high seeds lost. Uh, Evan tweets out, "Do you think?" Shit, I was a high seed. Yeah, you're playing <laughs> me. Yo, that means you lost. I uh, didn't set my lineup. Evan goes. Ah, I'm tied with you. Wait, was last week the playoffs? Am I out? Yes, you're out. Fuck. You lost your first round, yeah. <laughs> so Evan tweets out and says, "Who's who's gonna win? Me, the first seat, or first seat, or lowly Ryan?" And I went, "Huh? Thanks for letting me or reminding me to set my lineup." That is absolutely the most karma ever because I had, without a doubt, the worst week I've ever had in fantasy. Yeah. Boy, was my, I happy. Eric Carlson's out for the season. Mm. My goalies. I lost. I had to make four changes because of injuries and suspensions. I didn't play Vasilevsky right at all, and I, I got no points last week. Uh, but I still only lost four seven because you didn't play your goal enough. I I finally gave up on Jake Allen like three weeks ago. How's Corey Crawford been doing? Was that a good move? <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay. He's won some games. They're up again on Toronto. I still lost, but hey, I want to feel good about that move. Um, so I want to talk very quickly about something that happened. We don't have to dive too deeply into this because I, I think the internet did a good job of making it, it did? into a, no, making it into a mess. About. Oh. Uh, so at the end of the, uh, Tampa Bay, Toronto, I believe it was game. It was Tampa Bay versus Toronto. Yeah. I didn't watch, but I think you're right. Um, there was a play or not at the end, but there's just a play where, um, it sounded like Morgan Riley got caught by one of the on-ice mics uh, saying a homophobic slur. And um, it got blown up pretty quickly, and it was on Twitter. And then a lot of people, it was kind of, you couldn't really see Riley saying it, uh, but it did really sound like, based on the timing and him turning towards the ref and saying something, that it was uh, Morgan Riley saying it. So uh, a lot of people who were detractors from the idea that he said it first said it was a fan. And I this is my only tweet on the topic, and I'm happy I stopped where I did. Um, my only tweet was, I'm like not irrefutable by any means, but to me, this does 100% sound like an on-ice mic um, with regards to people saying that it was a fan. And it did, and I, th- I think it was an on, like it almost definitely was an on-ice mic. Uh, the NHL very quickly came out and said they're going to do an investigation. Duba said, yeah, we're going to cooperate. We're going to see what's uh, going to happen. And within... 24 hours they uh concluded that it wasn't morgan riley who said that or that said anything to that effect at all what they left vague was if someone else said it or whether or not it was the whole ragged thing which is um what people are there was basically this whole like audio engineering breakdown of the clip and a lot of people diving really deep into the weeds on it basically saying that as a tampa player saying ragged ragged which is uh in the direction of Yanni Gourd, who was chasing down a puck for the icing. Uh, and what does that even mean? Ragged is supposed to mean uh, like you're ragging it while chasing the puck. So you're, you're that thing. What do you do when you fake 
going all out, but you're really slowing down, so you get the icing call. Um, I've played and been around hockey for a long time, and I've only heard that phrase a handful of times. I usually use ragging, <laughs> uh, like ragging on a guy, like uh, chirping him or something. Yeah, I've never heard anyone say that. Regardless, it, that's not that's neither here nor there in the end. The NHL did pretty uh, conclusively say that it wasn't Riley. Um, Riley and Dubas had a press conference after where he said... Um, you know, it was painful for him to not completely come out and detract from the statements or the accusations right away, but um, he understood that it had to go through the due process, and so it was all resolved pretty quickly. Um, a lot of people on the internet got angry about a lot of different parts of the argument. We're not going to dive into that, because that was a mess. But I'm happy that it was resolved. I'm happy that we can all agree that that word shouldn't be said on the ice, or anywhere. And uh, we got past it. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, Ryan's looking at me and Evan like, I hope you guys don't have any follow-up. <laughs> that was my please don't have any follow-up face. Um, so we, and I don't. We want to talk about the uh, the standings because it is very frustrating as a team who's suffering through the tanking, uh, through tanking to watch what's happening in the NHL, which is a whole lot of tanking. As of right now, Detroit in their last ten games are one seven and two. Oh, hold on, wait for it, Evan. Ottawa, who's below them in the standings, is one eight and one. L.A., who has the same amount of points with one fewer game played, is two six and two. That's not bad. Jersey, who has only one more point, is two seven and one. Oh, hold on, we can keep going. Then Anaheim four six and zero. Oh. They're the hottest. They're the hottest team in the bottom eight. Wow. Uh, Vancouver two six and two. The Rangers two three and five. How do you even get a record like that, Rangers? And then Buffalo two six and two. Boy, do we need to change this lottery system because this is a lot of fan bases who do not want to watch hockey right now. Okay, I thought this was supposed to be a league of parody. Do we want to change <laughs> the lottery system? I do. You know, and I've talked on this podcast multiple times what I want. There is a potential to. for Colorado to get. The first two picks, not yes. obviously not high, but there's, I've, there's a ch- a real good chance that I've, that could happen. I've ran a tankathon where it's happened. I've ran multiple where it's happened. That would, outside of Edmonton getting the first overall pick, I think that would be the worst outcome for the NHL. Maybe other than Ottawa, because we, well, no, Ottawa doesn't have a first round pick, so yeah, that is. Well, it. they have a first round pick. It's just not theirs, and it's much later. Yeah, well, I'm only talking lottery yeah. level. The. The important thing to remember is if you are 31st in the league, you still have a greater than 50% chance of drafting 4th overall. That That, is the reality of the situation. Your most likely pick is 4th overall. I think when Edmonton was getting all these 1st overalls and stupid picks and doing nothing with them, everyone was tired of the system. But now that there's 5 to 8 teams who need... Uh, I should say the bottom four teams especially need those top four picks to to enter back into this into the playoffs and build something to generate fan revenue. Colorado doesn't, except for Colorado. <laughs> but that's that's Ottawa's own uh, stupidity. Um, th- I think it would be worth taking a look at it again. So the the solution that you propose, Brad, is points after elimination. Points after mathematically eliminated. So that is a good step in my mind, but I would lean more towards 
proportion of points after being mathematically eliminated. Yeah, there's ways you can prorate it or give teams a buffer. Because if you're the sooner you're, you're essentially encouraged to do what Ottawa did and basically try to be eliminated as fast as possible. Are you though? Yes. There's interesting side effects here. So let's just we'll use Detroit as an example because obviously it's what we know. If you're Detroit and you're well out of the playoff race at the trade deadline, as they were, is it more valuable to you for those second round picks? Or do you keep Nyquist and Jensen and hope that you can be competitive once you're eliminated and accumulate some more wins? Or because and the interesting side effect I think this would have is because a lot of teams would think that way, the price for rentals goes way up because there would be a lot less of them. Okay, but Say a team gets mathematically eliminated five games before another. Yep. Five games is so many games in terms of accruing points Yep. that it would mean even if your team was substantially worse, you're still likely to finish with more points than a slightly better team yep. that has five fewer games And played. that's the point. I think It's still should... skewed towards the worst teams. Uh, yeah, but then what's the point, really? Because I'm a... Again, I'm sitting here and... I just, we just read off those eight teams' records right now. I'm even just thinking selfishly as a Red Wings fan. I don't want to watch this team anymore. I, from an entertainment standpoint, if you're a team... So from a Red Wings standpoint, there's 10 games left that I don't really want to watch. Thankfully, we watch those call it, sign those college free agents so I have a reason to watch anymore. The Red Wings have no reason to compete. They're 1-7-2 in their last 10, and it didn't look like they wanted to win any of those games. They've been awful... And there's a lot of teams doing this. And you can look at, flip the other side of the coin too. Let's say we're going into the last day of the season. Columbus and Montreal are tied for that last playoff spot. Winner gets in. One of them's playing, let's say hypothetically, Minnesota. Okay, a playoff team in the West. The other one is playing Detroit. Is that necessarily fair? A team that's going to probably throw in nine AHLers because they don't want to risk injury to the good players. It doesn't matter. They don't care. No, it skews those games now because one team's getting an easier schedule because of the team's tanking. I know there's always going to be an element of luck to hockey, so I understand that. But, Matt, you cannot have a quarter of the season being irrelevant for a fifth of the teams in the league. You can't do that. Like, it's it's awful. And again, I'm I like this system because it's still going to put most of the advantage to the worst teams. So Ottawa, if they had their pick, would still have the they would have had a three day head start on Detroit. Detroit would now have a few day head start on whoever it goes right now. All of a sudden we're watching the Tampa game tomorrow night, actively rooting for the Red Wings again. And again, it's it's a league of parody. The Detroit Red Wings are awful. The Ottawa Senators are awful. Is there really that big a gap between those two teams right now? No, not really. Is there that big of a gap between Detroit and L.A. and New Jersey right now? No, not really. So if those teams get all jumbled up and L.A. just goes on a hot streak at the end of the season, gets the first overall pick, good for them. They needed it just as maybe not just as much, but close to just as much as Ottawa did or Detroit did. It's fair. This is fair while still maintaining the integrity of every game in the NHL. (sighs) Why aren't other leagues doing it then? Is this year indicative of what it's going to be like every year? I it's or are there <laughs> just the a last lot of five, teams? The last few years have kind of been going this direction. Like the we've not seen this trade deadline was a good example. Have we ever seen that much of an influx of rentals available before? 
No, no, no. So teams are are literally phoning it in earlier than ever for minimal returns. Any other year, is Gus Nyquist a second round pick? No, but he was this year because that was the market value. I just think that it's fair. It create it gives fans reason to still watch their awful teams. Which hey, in that case, brings in revenue. Could you imagine hypothetically, let's say Buffalo is one of the weaker teams this year, like in the bottom four? Could you imagine going into that last game of the season? At the LCA, Buffalo versus Detroit, Jack Hughes might be on the line. Holy shit, that game would sell out in 10 seconds. Yeah, you know what? That's actually, that is should be your single best selling point. When you are when you pitch this to people, you should lead with that. Because that is actually an excellent, excellent selling point. Yeah, because we're going to the game. I'm going to that game, personally, to watch the youngsters, to buy a half-price jersey, to put a lot of beer in me, and to interact with our listeners. I have zero interest in the game itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping, all I'm hoping for is there a big enough point buffer between the teams around Detroit that no matter what happens that game, they can't move in the standings so I can just cheer for them to win. No, Brad, this is one, this has been one of your most well-articulated cells that you've had on this show. I'm usually ready with like points throughout. Just, you know, sometimes for the sake of devil's advocate and sometimes because I genuinely disagree. But no, you know what? You're right. I think, uh, I think that is a, a very viable strategy and one that I wish the league would look at. Now, let's play the game. Will it actually happen? Oh, never in a million years. <laughs> no. No. It's it too complicated. And one of the things people said to me, one of the arguments I've heard when I've brought this up to people is, yeah, well, Brad, but most teams don't get mathematically eliminated until the last week. Great. We're going to have a week-long blitz of a lot of games that matter for a lot of teams. You have three games to accumulate six points. Go. And so why don't other my why don't other leagues do this? The, every league has a group of crappy teams, and they don't change their dra- draft lottery system. NFL not enough teams for it to matter, uh, not enough games for it to really be effective. Uh, MLB too many games for it to be effective. NBA this could work very well actually. I think NHL and NBA are the only two that this really works for. I don't think that it wouldn't work in the MLB. It, well, the problem with the MLB having is having like more games gives you a greater sample size, and it gives you a true determination of who the actual bad teams are. Yeah. It could it could work in the MLB. But I think there's just so many games; everything just normalizes to the media. and the MLB draft is such a crapshoot anyway. It doesn't matter like it yeah. does in the NHL draft or the NBA draft. Like in the in the other three major four North American sports, the draft matters a lot where you pick because it's. Everybody has a pretty clear of idea of where everybody goes, and the statistics back that up. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at how players at each draft position have panned out, there's a direct curve. In the MLB, that curve doesn't exist. So, it's, yeah, no. I, I think it could work in the other three leagues. I'll count the MLB. It could work. I just don't think it matters as much for them. But the NBA and the NHL absolutely should adopt it. The um, maybe maybe will be the trendsetters. Spread it, people. The one thing that both leagues kind of share right now is that the good teams are good and the bad teams are really bad. So the people, yeah, it could it could definitely work. Um, But if 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 that was a, a solution. Why are no owners or no executives pushing to to change the system? Maybe they are. Not publicly. Because it's radical. And the NHL, I'm not saying the NHL will never, ever adopt this, but this is one of those things that someone very prominent is going to have to put it forward and then push for years to get people on their side. This isn't one that's going to be like, hey, what about this? And everybody in there is going to go, great. The NHL is very much of a league of, we've been doing it this way for so long. 
I think there's something to be said about a team that's a bunch of that's a, a bunch of losers for a while and then become a winning team. I think that has has something to do with the sellability of of a of a of tickets and, and, and merchandise as well. But um it would be, you know, nice not having to watch a team lose constantly. I mean they would still probably lose constantly, but it'd give you a reason to cheer. Yeah. So but at the, the end of the I, day, I don't know if the owners really care if you're choosing cheering as long as you're buying. The the type of chaos I'm here for is the Detroit Red Wings being like a week away from mathematical elimination at the trade deadline. And then acquiring, <laughs> picking up a Matt Duchesne to make a run at Jack Hughes. Can you imagine? The um, the frustrating thing about this whole lottery system is that I genuinely believe that the new percentages and the three-team lottery solve the problem of not making it a guarantee for teams. Right now, I have absolutely zero faith that Detroit's going to get Jack Hughes. But I also have absolutely zero faith that any other given team is going to get Jack Hughes. The teams who need a Jack Hughes probably aren't going to get him. 18.5% is not enough in my mind to be tanking like this, but it's still happening. But here's the thing. You're looking at this wrong. and Rude. Rude. We've talked about this exact reason on this podcast. Again, as I was talking about, there's a direct correlation with the NHL as to how much value you get out of pick one, pick two, pick three, and it's a steep decline as you get lower in the draft. I don't want Detroit to finish dead last because of the Jack Hughes lottery odds. I want Detroit to finish dead last because I don't want them picking any worse than fourth. Mm -hmm. Because you have to assume they're going to get bounced back. Again, if Detroit finishes where they are right now, their statistical most likely picks are are, are four and five. That's why I don't want them picking seven or eight because they finished fifth last. I want four or five. There should be a, a direct proportionality between your final standing and where you draft. Yeah, three. A three. Like if you're I the last place team in the league, you should have the best odds of getting someone in the top three. Period. And however that system is 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 conceived, I think would be fine. You know, he can't. I don't know if you can make the fans happy. By watching games when a team's eliminated and giving them a dr- the best draft draftable player. I liked a little better when the NHL had the draft lottery where if you were pick eighth and you won the draft lottery, you could only bump up three spots. Now, they only did it one team at a time. I would still do the three-team system, but you can only move up three spots. Yeah, there should definitely be some sort of, you know... But that would just, re- that's, I don't think that's too just, like, that would re-incentivize teams to get as low as possible. It would, but if you're already going to do it, you might as well make it fair. Could you imagine, right now, who's the team that's out of the playoffs that's just having a down year and is probably going to bounce back? Colorado. <laughs> imagine they legit, uh, uh, imagine yeah. they didn't have Ottawa's pick. Imagine they won the draft lottery. That happened last year, Carolina. Yeah, and that's what you have to avoid. Do you? Do you? Yeah, Tampa I, Bay missed the playoffs two years ago. I'm not of the mind. I'm not completely of the mind that Evan is where the draft pick should be directly proportional to your standing. I like the idea that there's a chance for the teams who barely miss the playoffs to still have some incentive Why does for the giving it all. Draft lottery have to be exciting. Because uh, it's a business. You know, it's the, exciting for the teams who need someone in the top three, but. It shouldn't be exciting for the people who are just out of the playoffs. See, because what the draft lottery does for me now is I have a very real concern that 
we are 10 games left in the season. The Detroit Red Wings are historically bad by their standards, and they could still pick 7th or 8th. Here's, let's, let's just throw out a hypothetical. That's why I hate this system. What, what would you as a fan be more happy for? We finish second last and we get someone in the top three and we're all fired up because now we've got someone to who's, who could be a franchise player. Or we finish second last and we draft in seventh. Well, you, can't, you couldn't draft seventh. They could draft fifth, though. So, okay, fifth. I'm not nearly as excited about the future. Uh, and that, you know, is a longer term effect on my my. Sp- team spending dollars like Like, not not to be overly dramatic there is a massive gap between jack hughes and capocaco to dylan cousins and trevor zegris okay if if the red wings draft jack hughes or capocaco do you go and buy a jersey as soon as it's available oh probably they draft dylan cousins do you go and buy a jersey right away absolutely not exactly that's (laughs) there's a huge and that goes straight to the the team's dollars and I think that would be a that's a huge driving factor. Yeah, but again, if you want if you want to see a real and true tank, not like you know your owner's garbage and it made your five best players leave over the course of twelve months tank. I mean, like truly, you start sitting your guys and making questionable trades tank. You go back to a pure. Isn't that why the cap floor was put in place? Like I they, do. You can pay a lot for bad players. Look at Ottawa right now. They're, I mean, you got to take on bad contracts, but maybe it's maybe the penalty doesn't come from the draft. Maybe it comes from sort of some sort of league. Well, revenue sharing is a great place to attack that, but the owners will never agree. Yeah, and and don't forget too. There's ways to artificially ramp up your cap. Let's not forget that Ottawa's highest paid defenseman right now on their cap is Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> yeah. Who plays for the Kings? Yeah. So, uh, clearly this is a complex solution. No, there's no perfect solution here, but I Man, it's just it's going to kill me if Edmonton wins this draft lottery. If they finish like 8th last in the league and jump up. Anyone it's, who makes a substantial jump would would be terrible. I'm okay if one team does it every year just for the chaos of it, but the problem is, is depending on who that team is year to year, it could create imbalances in the league. Again, I repeat, while this system was in place two years ago, the Lightning missed the playoffs. Could you imagine what year was that? That was, uh, who was it? Could you imagine Nico Heischer on Tampa right now? <laughs> no, I actually, I, my brain doesn't have room. I don't think there would be room for that guy. There's going to be two or three teams who are half decent, who don't make the playoffs this year, that have this snowball's chance in hell of making the top think, three pick. Like, it's I, I, think we're, I think we're going in circles right now, but I just want to add in, I think that's entertaining. Maybe I'm crazy. I am kind of team chaos. I do read the news for fun. It's, it's, I have no measure of what's good for me. It's entertaining until it doesn't happen to you. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> The only way I'm okay with this system is if Detroit misses this year and picks fifth fin- despite finishing second last, improves next year, finishes 11th last, and jumps up. <laughs> yeah, and then gets Lafreniere. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably the scenario. But we won't get him because we offer sheeted Braden Point. <laughs> and I will scream from the top of my soapbox that I called it. I will scream. Um, let's do a quick tankathon. Uh, while we're here. Oh, yes. In this week's edition of the two-minute draft. <laughs> and I'm going to sim the lottery. And oh, my God. Detroit won. You're bullshit. I swear. Yeah, look at it. Okay, I'm good with the draft lottery. Yeah, <laughs> it works. I retract everything. So, Detroit, that is the first time in a long time I've done a tankathon in Detroit. I think it's the first time we've done a tankathon on the podcast this year where, where Detroit's won. Yeah. So, Detroit first. Uh, New York jumped up five spots to number two, and Florida jumped up nine spots to number three. 
The system sucks, but I'll take it in this instance. So, uh, Evan, first overall for the Red Wings, you take. Jack Hughes. For the Rangers, they will take Capocaco. For Florida? Florida, eh? Yeah. Florida. Florida. Pod Colson. Uh, for Colorado through the Senators, Evan. Who are Colorado Senators? McKinnon. <laughs> Who uh, were Colorado Skog? And that was the only one I could think of because he's on my fantasy. That's Rest the end, in peace. Yeah, Landis Goggin, you can pretty much end the list there. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's, we didn't say Dylan Cousins yet, have we? No, we no, have okay. not. We've been talking a lot about the draft. It's hard to remember. Uh, so LA, I think, will take... Um, ooh. Yeah, I'll, I'll mix up my internal rankings. They'll go Kirby Doc at five. Ooh. Uh, at six for New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Taylor Hall needs some help. Trevor Zegers. Trevor Zegers. Number seven for Anaheim, Evan. Um, Anaheim? Where are they? No, they're here. They're yeah, seven. you're pointing at LA. Yeah, yeah, because I was pointing out who I think the pick would be. Oh, that's who I was going to pick. Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram. I don't think Bowen Byram goes that low. Uh, number eight for Vancouver. Um, I think they'll take Peyton Krebs. Well, yeah, I think they'll take Peyton Krebs. Number nine for Buffalo. At Brad? Alex Turcott. And number 10 for Chicago. Philip Broberg. Philip Broberg. Look at that. That is our uh, most recent rendition of this is going to be way more accurate for than when we do a deep dive episode on this. I hope this one is the one that's completely accurate. Oh, I do too. You know what? If we're only accurate on pick one on this one, I'm okay with it. Oh, we didn't even say the uh, draft lottery is going to be way earlier this year. They just announced it right before we started recording April 9th, the day before the playoffs start. That's a Tuesday in the evening. We will be live streaming. We will be live streaming. And it will go better than last time. Was Evan there for the last time or was it just you and I? It was just you and I. I remember, I I hope to God they don't do that two-hour wait in between again. That was awful. No, No because there won't be a game the day before the playoffs start. Oh, thank God. Yeah, it's going to be just... Well, they caught a lot of flack for that last time. I think they they learned their lesson by the second intermission. They're like, we wish we hadn't done this. (laughs) Yeah. That was bad. I hate it. Our, like, our viewers for that live stream are like, we are so tired. I'm like, yeah, why do you guys start watching in the beginning? <laughs> um, because to hear us yell, please not Chicago, please not Chicago, please not Edmonton, please not Edmonton. My quick hits, I have uh, Evgeny Malkin is like the 88th player, I believe, to hit 1,000 points in the NHL and the 101st best player of all time. And the first to do it while wearing two different gloves. Um, Mark Stone, so good, is the note that I have on my... Yes, Vegas is good. Mark Stone's been putting up points. Shocking. Wow, where was he last week? <laughs> I still What a loser. I still can't believe you jinxed yourself like that. You I'm absolute an idiot. knob. You what? had no What? When he lost to me in This year has been the best year I've ever had in fantasy and I was like this is the year I'm over the hump. Everybody is killing it and then I just lay an absolute egg. You are an egg. You only got 4 because I, I didn't that makes it worse. Yeah. I would have rather lost ten nothing. Ten nothing. So yeah. you had Mark Stone. Yes. And you scratched him. No. No. Oh, oh God, no. 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 He just did nothing just last lost. week. My team did nothing. We're gonna head over to overtime. I don't know how my team did, but I lost apparently. <laughs> Which of course uh, is where we read out our questions and comments in the midweek episode uh, as a Patreon exclusive uh, reward to say thank you to our patrons for supporting the show. Brendan B. Singer. Who's the winner of our uh, ticket giveaway? Brendan's going to be joining us uh, as we go to the LCA to watch Detroit take on Buffalo in the last game of the season. Oh. Um, one of the two winners. Yep. Is this the point where we get on the soapbox and tell them all, like, we've without giving them anything, we've got a lot of cool shit coming down the pipeline right now? Oh, yeah. Like, a right lot. Now. 
Like we have been doing a lot in the last week or so. We gear, have been up this podcast. Yeah, we have a lot of. I can't, it's all I've been doing. It's like we are. This is the most active our group chat's been. I know, and I had a very. I was covering a very slow location yesterday, and I was yeah. just researching shit yeah. all day. Evan has even been talking in it. It's been what? great. Yep, we know. Uh, Brendan B. Singer <laughs> says, Hey, guys, hope you're doing well. So I was just thinking of weird rules that could be put into place in hockey. And one I thought of is a team takes a penalty. The other team gets to choose when they use the power play. So if a player gets tripped, they could take the power play now or wait until a more opportune time to take it. Or you could save up two penalties to get a full two-minute five-on-three. It'll never happen, but I was playing NHL 19 tonight and thought of it. Cheers. All that would happen there was teams would save it for the last two minutes so that they could finish the game on a five-on-three. Absolutely, that's all that would. Or happen. when another team scores a goal, they'll just. Or you could you could allow them to take it within like ten minutes, the first ten minutes. Well, the NHL just uh, they're looking at very seriously adopting a new rule um, where on a penalty now the team gets to choose what side the faceoffs on in the offensive zone. So a team like Washington could just always sit up on the right side to tee Ovechkin up for the one-timer. Or a team like Pittsburgh could set up on the left side to tee up Malkin for the one-timer every time. So I like that a lot. I'm a fan. Um, Marissa, ha- oh, this is a fun one. She says, let's play this or that. Cats or dogs? Dogs. dogs. Cats. I've got a cat. Yeah, all right. Boo. Uh, vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Chocolate, but not by much. Uh, it depends on the day. Vanilla ice cream, but chocolate. I don't know what else is vanilla, so yeah, I guess vanilla is my answer. Um, chocolate, milk or dark? Chocolate milk. No, no. Wait, like, sorry, what, what type of chocolate, milk or dark? Oh, dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Was, oh, sorry, was, I read it. I read it as it was written. In we needed know. a comment. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yep. Man, I, I'm gonna steal and have an answer here. Depends on the day. Uh, I'm not a big fan of chocolate milk. No. That's a question. Milk, milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Types of chocolate. I know. It, I didn't get it at first either. Okay. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? You got it. There you go, Chad. Not milk, chocolate, or dark. That's what's written. That's what she wrote. No, this has nothing to do with milk. Nothing at all. Chocolate milk or dark chocolate milk? I'm, I, yeah, it's, I, I was like, I, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, dark chocolate for me. Uh, <laughs> Marissa, you sunk me. Uh, gif or jif? It's gif. It's don't GIF. care. I've come around on gif. Thank you. Um, bacon, crispy or chewy? Chewy. Oh, I'm see, this is such a uh, subjective thing. Yeah, it's Some, what's what she's I, I, you know, I like wiggly bacon, but sometimes having it a nice crunch on like a burger. Oh yeah, the, I like crunch. I like the crunch. perfect piece of bacon has both. Soft in the middle, crunchy at the end. All right, yeah, yeah, I can get with that kind of that that sweet that one little window where you can pull it out of the pan where you get it that way. Introvert or extrovert? What am I or what do I prefer? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, extrovert. Uh, you know, I, I like interacting for, with introverts way more because they don't talk nearly as much. Surprisingly enough, even though doing a podcast twice a week, boy, do I love silence. <laughs> I'm a people person. I like talking to people, but selfishly, I like controlling when that I'm happens. very much an extrovert, like by nature, like very much an extrovert, but... God damn, do I just want to like go in a quiet room for two hours? If Brad a day. was an introvert, that'd be the best TV show I'd ever watch. Oh my god, yeah. If Brad actually said it right now, I'm an introvert, I would have died laughing. Yeah. yeah. Um, text or call? Text. text. It's more. Emojis. I'm trying to call more. Yeah, all right. Sweet or salty? Sweet, salty. 
Salty. Uh, Apple or Android? What do you plebs have? I I don't care, but I have an Apple. I have an iPhone 10. Once I went to my S9 Plus, I'm never going back. Uh, Toilet paper, over or under? I'm not even letting you answer. It's over, and if you say otherwise, you're a a lot. One of my buddies in his house has the patent picture of toilet paper, and it's like the full written patent, and toilet paper goes out Yeah, in the patent. That being said... I've discovered something, having a small child. Mika loves going in there and spinning the damn thing, and if it was under, it wouldn't unravel. Throw away the whole kid. Only a small child. So if you have kids or cats, I'll hear an argument for under now, which I wouldn't have before. All right. Cutting a sandwich, corner to corner or straight down the middle? Straight down the middle, you monsters. Corner to corner. What is wrong with you? Straight down the middle. What? PB and J straight down the middle or side to side? Corner to corner. Diagonal. Oh, no. Grilled cheese. Anything you need to dip is corner to corner. Yes, I will. I will concede that on grilled cheese. But peanut butter and jelly is right down the goddamn middle. Why you do you monster. just like getting PB and J on like the sides yes. of your mouth? How the hell do you eat I that? I save it for later. <laughs> as big of a bite as I can. Like, like <laughs> someone's not gonna let me take another Dude, bite. Dude, everybody knows when you cut it in half. Corner, corner, middle. That's how you eat it, dumbass. Then just cut it corner to Man, corner. I was watching. But sh- then the middle part just doesn't have the same satisfaction. I want that big middle bite. Spread your s- toppings better. I I, I do right to the crust. I watched a video on a <laughs> chef making a grilled cheese, and he bit it from. It, he cut it diagonally, but he bit it from like the non hype. Hypotenuse, hypotenuse. No. And everyone in the comments roasted him. No, yeah, he didn't. No, that guy's a monster. I'm never eating anything he makes. Um, cups in the cupboard. Bottom down or bottom up? Face down or face up? Face down so the dust doesn't collect in it. Yeah. Face I, up because I don't want the top, the rims of my glasses touching the dirty counter. Then or the dirt. clean your goddamn cupboard. Dust gets everywhere whether you like it or not. It's the world we live in. Are you my mother? I'm a down guy. <laughs> it's down. I, I... Uh, you know what? I get why you're right. I truly do. <laughs> but I just can't help it. I, I also stack my cups. And Crystal's an up, too, so I don't even get a say on this a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, Twizzlers or Red Vines? I've never had Red Vines, so I cannot answer. Uh, neither, really. I'm not really a sugar guy. I like sweet... I'm, I more often than not want a salty treat, but I do like candy and just... Uh, licorice doesn't always do it for me. I would, I'd eat one of both. Um, black licorice is the devil. Yeah, no, f all I of that. like black rick- licorice. Of a course lot. you do. I will save like all black jujubes. Jube oh yeah, uh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I will just go to town on those. Red Wings jerseys, home or away? Um, I have almost entirely home ones, and that's my preference. But my next one's definitely going to be in away. Uh, so those are the only two white ones I own. The six I have in the closet upstairs are all red. Ho- I'm going to say home, but it's not by much. I. Oh god! It, like if I've if I've been wearing a red one for a long time, I'm, I'm the same way. I just want to see a uh, in a way jersey. Whatever jersey has the predominant color, I like, regardless of team, regardless of sport. Uh, what, right. Even the white Vegas jerseys. Uh, I like the black ones better. Really? Or the gray, gunmetal gray, whatever they call it. Interesting. Rowan says, since the playoff dream is now over and I can't see the Wings winning 25 of the last 12 games to sneak in, we need to talk about the Rugby World Cup later this year in Japan. (laughs) This uh, got some good traction. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Questions each of you should answer individually. Who is your pick to win? Uh, South Africa. Um... You know, I, I work, really do think... I work with a guy who's South African, and he looks pretty fast, so I'm going with that. 
So, Evan, what do you think? Well, I definitely Zealand, don't look up the, the All teams. Blacks. The All Blacks. Oh, that's pretty. Um, there you go. That's way, it. That's way, to pick, way to pick the obvious one, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. I don't know if the All Blacks well, are good, good anymore. Well, good luck for Ryan to try and find a country that's competitive now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for. Um, What's uh, the world rankings? Give us a top five. No, I won't. I won't do that. I'm gonna go for out of Pool B. I'm gonna go for Canada. Uh, Question: Did the team I pick are they even ranked and participating? New Zealand is ranked. I didn't pick New Zealand. Oh, you picked South Africa? Yeah, they're in. Yes, I've got a shot. <laughs> the Springboks or something? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Now, the real question, is this real rugby or sevens? What the hell is <laughs> Oh, you're, we're doing that this early. With this level of knowledge that we have, we're taking sides. <laughs> we're pissing off some people. We have far too many Australian and uh, British and all other kinds of supporters who are active we, on Twitter. Do we have any South African listeners speak up in the comments below? I think I do see some South African when I pull our stats. There's <laughs> yes. Which countries are in it? Give me just... just you pick New Zealand already. Pick New it's, Zealand. We're waiting on Ryan's yeah, dumbass. No, 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 I pick Canada. You pick Canada. Homer. Ooh. Yeah. Um, which of the major nations will be a huge disappointment, suffer a weird upset, and not make the quarterfinals? I vote South Africa. I vote New Zealand. <laughs> United States. States. All right. Yeah, I think. I we, feel like the U.S. should Evan be good, the right? trend there. <laughs> yeah, U.S. is in pool. They C. have basically everyone who played college football who can run like the wind, and they're huge. Um, <laughs> you think they would? Spoiler: By uh, speaking just in sheer volume here, most uh, professional NFL players um, don't run very well. <laughs> have you seen the average lineman? Well, they're still not that slow. <laughs> they're not that slow. They're still elite athletes, but I don't think okay, they would do well I, I in rugby. I think we could find at least like 20 college athletes who are need, jacked and can run. We need the linebackers here. Yeah. I feel like the uh, the U.S. could feel Or edge rushers, I think, would do well as well. I don't know what that is, but okay. A uh, lineman who it's his only job to tackle the quarterback. Third right. question. Which of the minor nations will be the biggest surprise packet? Japan. Packet. What is it? Packet. Uh, I vote Canada. <laughs> Ireland. It's Japan. Yeah, when does the World Cup it. start? Yeah, Japan. They're hosting. <laughs> oh, it's um, it's it's uh, later this year in Japan. I don't know when. It's but. in Japan. Yeah, home team, Japan underdogs. Let's one. go. Oh my God! His next thing was the pools, the actual listed teams. <laughs> uh, jersey time. Since I wasn't clear enough last week, favorite jersey no longer in circulation. The franchise can have moved and been reborn. Whalers and Stars. Whalers. Has to be the Whalers. Whalers and North Stars, not up for debate on anybody else. Uh, Dan Bell says, hey guys, I'll try to make this comment LMA, Larry Murphy appropriate. Uh, this will be a random comment, so be prepared. How bad did Big E's injury look? Ouch, hope the big guy's okay. Since we're officially done on the playoff front, do you think Blash really gets extended? That'd be so awful. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's coming. Prepare yourself. Again, my prediction still stands that Holland will be back as GM. Blash will be back as coach. Eisman will come, but as an, in an executive position. The day Blash gets re-signed, I'm going on that Facebook post, and I'm going to just start posting some of the most ridiculous comments on that. Evan's... Oh, wow. Blashill re-signing it- would drive Evan to the level of Facebook commenter. Yeah, he's I, not too far right now. We're going we're gonna to call it the tweets from Facebook. Um... So Arsenal played an awesome game against Man U on Sunday. The Premier League is really going to heat up with the title chase and top four chase. I am riddled with anxiety. Um, Champions League is nuts too. Fun times for soccer fans. Uh, Dogs, vanilla, milk. Oh, he's answering. Dogs, vanilla, milk, chocolate, 
soft G and Jif, chewy bacon, night person. Oh, I didn't ask night person or morning person. I'm a night person. Night person. Morning. Uh, extrovert, uh, text, salty Android over toilet paper. Obviously not a communist. Thank you, Dan. Uh, middle, bottom, down, middle. What it sounds we... like a cheat code for N64. Yeah. Uh, middle, bottom, down, neither smarties and away. Oh, I don't. Were there more questions that were? That How were many asked? did you miss? No, I don't. At least seven. Oh, neither Smarties instead of Twizzlers. Uh, last random thing. What's your favorite non-sport podcast? I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. It's fantastic. Anywho, thanks for for what y'all do. Cheers. I love ninety nine percent invisible. That's an amazing podcast. Non. Oh, Joe, Joe Rogan's is good. Really good. Depending on the guest, I can't listen to any of his ones with comedians because all they do is talk about comedy, which I actually don't care. Tell me some jokes, funny man. Um, but he's got some really good guests. Speaking of not liking comedian podcasts, I love Bill Burr's podcast. Bill Burr's Ooh. hysterical. Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Mm. He only releases like two episodes a year, but they're like five-hour marathons. Um, that was a great answer, and I'm sorry to get away from it. You know what I show to everyone I can? I can't I believe you like Bill Burr's podcast. It is I not... love Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr because of all the people who do, who do edgy and controversial topics, he's the only one who I think does it genuinely. Like, he speaks from... A place of being genuine and not just trying to rile people up. For and he certainly owns up to his opinion. He owns up to his opinion. He backs it. And the guy actually admits when he's wrong. And he always makes a great stand-up routine out of it. I, I saw him at the center in the square. I was hung over the next day just from laughing so hard. He's... I I love his 12-minute uh, rant at the end of that set in Philly. Yeah. Where he calls him a one-bridge having us... <laughs> <laughs> that basically is what like injected him into the comedy A list. Yeah, uh, Woodson number two, who is a newer supporter, uh, always with us on Twitter. So Woodson, welcome to the Winged Wheel family. He says, "Hey guys, love the pod and happy to support." What are the chances the college kids recently signed uh, will actually play in the NHL? Hi, you're going to see them this uh, Seems end like of this it's year. 100. Also, is there a chance of Holland staying on as president of hockey and Stevie Y taking over as GM? Yeah. That's actually one of the more more likely scenarios in my mind. Is Holland staying on as like, like president of hockey ops or something? And Stevie being the GM? Yeah. I think it's gonna be the inverse. No. Shut up. No. Shut up. I hope I'm wrong. I but don't see how that's pointing happen. to that. What signs are pointing to that? The fact that Holland does not want to leave. It doesn't matter, his contract's gonna be up. No it next summer. Next summer. They'll bring him, they'll bring Ke- or Steve Eisenman as a special advisor for a year, and then he'll be put in. Yeah, that's what's most likely going to happen. Special advisor, not president of hockey well, ops. Something above in the fucking above GM position. Lastly, and I think this question is more easily answerable: How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? It's been a while since we got that one. Three. Um, Eric Kozlowskis, and I think that's always our answer. Eric says, uh, whilst recording the podcast one stormy night, lightning strikes Brad's house, killing the power. After several minutes of confusion and panic, the lights come back on and you both realize that it's June 30th, 2020. While Brad checks on his family, they're okay, don't worry. Ryan navigates to the Red Wing team website and finds out that the team has assumed the role of the Edmonton Oilers in draft luck and have just landed Alexi Lafreniere the year after adding Jack Hughes. After changing your pants, you see the rest of the roster is built from current prospects and players with the projected 2020-2021 lineup being Zadina Larkin, Mantha, Athanasiu Hughes, Rasmussen, Bertuzzi, Valeno, Lafreniere, Bergeron, and Smith, Chalosky, DeKaiser, Hironik, McIsaac, Sulak, Shulak, Lindstrom, Howard, Larson. What is the first thing you would want CV to do? Obviously, there's a lot of center depth now that uh, now with the weakness on D. Do you trade a couple big pieces to fix that? If so, who? 
What? First of all, <laughs> so yeah, I love just, how Evan's dead in that scenario. That's a that's a lot of ELCs. So yeah, just go throw a lot of money at a big defensive free agent. Mm-hmm. I think let's say Roman Yossi. I would you give up? Okay, let's see. Let's say the Red Wings land both Hughes and Lafreniere. Yep. Do you trade one of them for Rasmus Dalin? One for one. Nope. I still believe that forwards have a bigger impact on the game than defense, and I will fight anybody who disagrees with me. Advanced Water says, hey, guys, uh, and it's uh, my page navigated away. As Barry Trotz proved, you can coach defense. You need talent to be offensively gifted. Uh, Advanced Water says, hey, guys, so my wife really wants to move from L.A. to Atlanta, which for the most part I'm on board with. Cheaper, everything, closer to family, etc. But I live within driving distance of three hockey teams, Kings, Ducks, and Knights. And before that, I lived near to the Caps and the Penguins. Not huge fans of any of those teams, but it allowed me to see the Wings at least once a year, and usually a few other fun games. How do I survive this hockey wasteland that is the Southeast? Any advice is welcome. I've heard Atlanta sucks. <laughs> really? Yeah, I had I, a friend of a friend lived there for like 20 years and said they hated El- Atlanta. I know a couple people who loved Atlanta. And honestly, if I'm a... Oh, my, Mika's going at it. Up she she like hates Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I The idea of LA traffic horrifies me. Absolutely horrifies me. Yeah. The only thing I know about Atlanta is um, the first season of The Walking Dead and would not recommend. (laughs) Um, Atlanta is like the layover airport of the world, and it's also not too far from things. So if you want to drive like three-ish hours, you could hit hit like Nashville or how far is Atlanta from Florida? I have no idea. I'm going to assume one state. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Evan. (laughs) So it is at least one state. (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, and Rowan said uh, it's only a four-hour drive to Nashville. Uh, Kyle Wasserberger says, with the emergence of Heronic as a le- legit NHL defenseman. Oh, and uh, back to Advanced Water. Um, a lot of our listeners are from overseas where there's no NHL teams. So talk to them for advice. Yeah, but they have uh, European pro leagues and stuff like that. Yeah, and their like season that. tickets are like 600 bucks. Uh, Kyle Wasserberger says, with the emergence of Heronic as a legit NHL defenseman, Zadina consistently looking dangerous, and Larson being nothing but a brick wall in the NCAA, how many more Phillips do we have to draft to become a cup contender? Furthermore, do we reach for Broberg and convince him to change the way he spells Philip? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And Rowan actually said, draft Zegras and have him with Zadina on the ZZ top line. Oh, my God. I need this in my life. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Fournier says, thanks for the feedback on my comment last episode. One final thought on Anders Lee. He scored 17 even strength goals with Brock Nelson as a center, who's definitely no John Tavares. I do agree that some team will overpay him with term. Let's hope it's not Holland. Now that former Kansas City Royals hitter Billy Butler is retired, can we give his nickname to the human barrel, Phil Kessel? Country <laughs> breakfast sounds right for a guy who looks like the lost brother of Bobcat Goldweight and Roy from The Office. This is the best comment. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I remember about Billy Butler was a game in Toronto. He hit a single to right field, and Bautista threw him out at first. (laughs) Uh, I'm interested in your takes on buyouts this summer. Is it likely to happen? I'd buy out the last years on Erickson and Daly's contracts in a heartbeat, especially if it means making room for a Carlson or Myers. Depending on how the draft lottery goes, do you think there's room for a free agent? Kevin Hayes is the second-line center option. Thanks for all all your hard work. Let's go Red Wings, and sorry about your fantasy team, Evan. Thank you. I want Detroit to avoid all free agents on the secondary level, like the plague. Either get a superstar or none at all. Uh, buyouts to me would depend on whether they landed said superstar or not. If they get Eric Carlson, then yeah, you almost have to buy out one of Dalian Erickson to keep on the roster, especially if Cronwell's coming back. Um, if Cronwell retires, I don't think it's as big a deal, but 
Yeah, it, it's going to be very dependent because, again, even though it's not much of a cap hit, it's still keeping a cap hit on for an extra year. The thing about buyouts is I hate the idea of dead cap. I loathe it so much. Um, at this point, we've survived so much of Erickson. I don't know what, what the worth would be to buy it one more year. He's the ideal candidate to spend three quarters of next season in the press box. Yeah, and you know what? If it helps the tank, it helps the tank. Which I know it's uncomfortable to talk about the tank at this early, and, and we don't have to, but still. Ryan, I need to survive next season, please. <laughs> Glitch says, how's it hanging, fellas? Pure randomness. Uh, what superpower would you give up an arm to get? The ability to regenerate limbs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neutral chaos. Um, you haven't needed that yet. <laughs> um, control time. I would do it to control time. Oh, that's a good one. Captain uh, Marvel superpowers. Hers are dope. Great movie, by the way. Loved I'm it. hoping to see it this week. It's not likely to happen, though. Um, what about a leg or a testicle? Same thing. What Can you have, like, another arm? Like, oh, I've got two. Yeah, if that's your superpowers, you, you want a third arm? Weirdo. Yeah, controlling time would be the best. Because I can just I could... slap you in the face with my chest arm during the podcast. Controlling time, because then I would go forward in time, figure out how to regenerate an arm, or get to a point where bionic arms are so advanced that I just go get mine and then come back. Think of the money you'd make <laughs> selling limbs on the black market. Dude, I could have a winter soldier arm. I am all in for that. Ryan, great idea. <laughs> Can we talk about how Evan just, <laughs> Evan just said, I'm going to slap you in the face with my chest arm on the podcast? Can we please, on either our the, the, the subreddit or the Discord channel, start clipping parts of this podcast and putting, or like at least time stamping best of moments? I can, have a, I can have a highlight tape. Yeah. I don't think you, we have enough highlights for you, but we could definitely have a few like 20 second clips. It's quality, not quantity. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it's also quantity. Chris Gatchel says, hey guys, so with the Red Wings being as bad as they've ever been the past month or so, I don't think I've watched a full game, especially knowing it's not really fun cheering for them while they lose. So if you guys had to choose one team from each conference to jump on the bandwagon, who would it be? I personally chose the Sharks because of Gus and Tampa because Kucherov is so fun to watch. I'm going to go. The East is hard. The West, I'm I'm in and on Vegas. I will be. I, I'm in on Vegas as well. Um, um, I do love Mark Stone and in the East. Man, I'm here for chaos. Let's go, Columbus. I want Carolina in the East. Carolina, I'd be down for too. Yeah, I or, like Tampa. I think they des- they've deserved I mean, it for they a while. Deserve it as much as a team can deserve it without having it, right? Yeah, and I guess in the West, I would really like if Winnipeg won. Mm. Well, I think they'd burn to the ground in their cold, cold winter. Yeah. Uh, Adam Flett says, evening all. Um, as hockey is a proper shit, just now I'd like to discuss beer. I recently tried a lemongrass and Earl Grey pale ale, and it blew my mind. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, no, I'm going to disagree with that. Are you kidding? That sounds awful. That sounds so Lemongrass and Earl Grey. I had an Earl Grey stout from uh, Royal City Brewery. Yeah. Not bad. Earl Grey makes for great everything. Earl Grey milk and a, like a teaspoon of sugar tastes like Fruit Loops. So if, if I wanted Earl Grey, I'd just have a tea. If I want beer, I'm going to have a beer. Oh, God. You're the... No, don't, I'm... I, I'm don't I like, Don Cherry this. I like my beers, but that's just... That does not sound at like... No, man. The world of beer... Beer is at the best place it's ever been right now. No, it is. And I love beer. And I, I uh, me and my buddy tried out Descendants for the first time on uh, Sunday. We went down there and it was really good, but... Mm. I would be down for Earl Grey and Lemongrass. Brad, we're going to have you drink it. it. I'll try it. It does not... I'm not excited about it. Uh, what's the oddest sounding beer that you've tried that turned out to be fantastical? Um, 
Oh god. Oddest sounding beer. I've had a few weird ones. Um I swear I've had a sriracha beer. Oh, we're going with flavor just not. Oh, mine. I had a habanero beer the other day. Excellent. Yeah, it had like habanero. It just had this like not heat, but like the pain of a heat at the end of the beer, but like the dull pain, like you've soothed the, the spiciness of eating something spicy. I had a really delicious um, oatmeal stout in, in California. Oatmeal stout. Yeah. Okay. I've never had anything weird spicy like that, so I don't have a couple of my friends are in Ireland right now, and they keep sending snaps of different types of porters and stouts, and I am very jealous. Uh, cucumber lime gosa, which is a salt sour. My really girlfriend good. likes those. Oh, so good. Is it from Stranger Than Fiction? Uh, the one or I no, have is from Nickelbrook. Stranger Than Fiction is the beer is made the beer. by... That was a movie starring Will Ferrell. Yeah, mm. all right. But Nickelbrook is the one that you're thinking of. Right. Um, Stan Olsen says, hey guys, hope all is well. Is Patrick Kane the greatest American-born hockey player of all time? And I agree about the Zegers hype. Overly, I'm pretty comfortable with all the USN TDP guys. I really like Boldy and Turcott too. Uh, lastly, is Philip Larson the most interesting prospect on this team? Um, is man, was I was Kane re- the best? American I was ready to scoff at that take, but man, I'm struggling. How? Who's better? Sorry, what? Well, who is Kane the- as the best American player of all? By the time it's all said and done, he will be. For sure, by the time it's all said and done, he will be. I I struggle to think of a better American player. And I know I I know a lot of people will be saying Mike Madonna or Jeremy Roenick or Brett Hall. Those are the three. Brett Hall would be a good one, but he was born in Canada, so screw you. Because mm-hmm. um, Brett Hall, I would put there right now. Um, Brian Leach. I I think Patrick Kane has him all beat. I think and if he so doesn't, too. it's kind of like a Sidney Crosby thing, where like you know he's going to finish as like a top ten player or top whatever. And even if you say, oh, not yet, Chelios. Eh. Yeah, I. If you do an all-time American player fantasy draft, Kane's going first. Phil Kessel. Yeah, well, Phil Kessel's from the ethereal realm, and so he doesn't count. Um, I'm. All our listeners definitely got that reference. Some asked WWP questions. Don says, "Is there any realistic way that Detroit uses one of their second-round picks to draft Spencer Knight?" I He's, hope so. He is not getting that far. I don't. Think I. He's that far I know. Oh, and I forgot to answer the last one. Uh, Philip. Larson might be the Red Wings' most important prospect right now. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, if we could get Spencer Knight in some sort of convoluted way, I would. I'd be very, very happy. Had Detroit acquired another first-round pick, that would have been my target. But since that didn't happen, we're not getting him. When's Ottawa's second first-round pick? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Twenty-something, depending on how the playoffs go. Who does it belong to? Um, Columbus. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. that could be high teens. They might be getting them. It's protected. Uh, Shea Brophy says two questions. One, most likely any, if any, what's the most likely buyout candidate on Detroit's roster? Uh, most likely, uh, Trevor Daly. Um, again, most likely, if any, RFAs for Detroit to throw an offer sheet at. I would say realistically none. Most likely, if we want to play that game. Braden Point. Yeah. Uh, Kisperi Kapanen. Oh, if if they do an offer sheet and it's Kasperi Kapanen, I'll be so pissed off. Truba, maybe. Wait a year. He's leaving. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, so this weekend, I'm going to be away on vacation. I'll be in New York, so you're going to be with these two meatheads. Yeah, I was going to say, oh. are, we, are me and Evan just rolling on Sunday, or are we it doing it Monday? It is going to be the wild... I won't even be here Monday. Oh, you wild, suck. I said Wild, that. wild west. Yeah, so... 
this is I your know what our th- intro song is on Sunday already. Evan, this is your is chance. It, is it Wild Wild West by Will Smith? Maybe. You'll have to <laughs> tune in and find out. <laughs> tune in on Sunday to hear Evan's opportunity to regain control. Ukraine is not weak. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Because uh, I'm Ukrainian, or you just happen to pick that country? He just happened to it's pick that country. It's a Seinfeld reference. Do you okay. think Evan pays attention to details? Only I'm, when I get paid to. I mean, my last name is Ukrainian, so... Again, that's a detail that Evan would have to pay attention Fair to. Fair point. One time we were at a... <laughs> the hell were, is Lobsinger, anyone? Uh, English. Yeah, that's... Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, where you want to wrap up this week's episode, we want to thank all of our listeners, all our supporters, uh, all of our Patreon contributors. Thank you guys so much. Our name-level sponsors, Sean Levine, Chad Hiresack, Sky Carcass, Art Shanker, uh, Andrew Pitkowski, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Derek Shippard, Kalen Woods, Charlie Elkins, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Dan Bell, and Hannah Lee. Thank you all so much. You want to support the show? Go to Twitter, at Winged Wheel Pod. Follow. Go to the bio. See those three names? Click them. Tap them. Whatever you're on. You won't see Follow better them. retweets anywhere in the world. <laughs> and if you're having trouble remembering all that, simply go to wingedwheelpodcast.com. Brad, it's we. that was one of the... You're just going to drop that? Yes, I'm going to drop that to the loyal listeners who stick all the way through your spiel. All right, go to wingedwheelpodcast.com. It's not fully up and running, but you'll see that it's there. It's live. There's something for it. Like, there's a page it's to a go la- to. There, you, it takes you to everything Ryan's reading off. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to... Brad, all right. Wrap it up. Wrap this up. Wrap this up.